Today on the Zabecast, Michael Scott ain't got nothing on LeBron James. But will his generosity backfire with a lavish new school? A crazy person tries to ruin a real estate agent's reputation. Deadwood is coming back, and notorious J.A.Y. tells us it's easy to get fat on a boat. Oh, really? You think so? You got 45 minutes to kill? Then buckle up, and let's go! Here we go! Wednesday, August 1st, 2018, and yes, I am back behind the podcast microphone. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for the download, and thank you for giving me another four-day weekend. I know. That's what? Now, three four-day weekends in a row? Three? Three-day out of five? Pod- You're starting to get tired of this podcast thing, Zabe? No. No, it's just that when I'm gone, I can't deliver a quality podcast like I have standards for you people. I just can't. I can talk into a microphone. I can slap something together. I can throw it up on the site. Yeah, why don't you do all that? Because it's not up to quality. So I am back. Why didn't you do it yesterday? Because you were home Monday night. I know. Had a lot of things going on, uh, both professionally and personally. And so I just decided to give myself one more day. So here I am. So let's get to it. Enough jibber-jabber. My trip to Wisconsin was great. Thank you for asking. Nobody really cares. But in all seriousness, it is incredible for me to be able to go up there once a year, basically, and to be treated like an adopted son of sorts in the greater Milwaukee area. I've been doing sports on Bob and Brian since 1994, closing in on 25 years. And it has been, and I'll say this again if I haven't said it already, the best thing that has happened to me karmically in broadcasting and in radio ever. It has been the best professional relationship I have ever had. Those guys are like my older brothers. And so much of my style as an well, AM sports radio host, but even if I was an FM sports radio host, so much of my style has derived from my interactions with Bob and Brian. Doing the show with them, doing my segment with them every you know day for 45 minutes. It used to be more like 15 or 20. It's really ballooned in years since. But we just get going and we just don't stop. So much of my style, so much of the way I look at things has been influenced by doing the show with those guys. And so to go up there once a year and to have so many people come up and say hi and say how much they love my segment and they wait in their car and everything else, it's it's great. It, it really is jet skiing. It's, it's water skiing behind a very powerful boat that is the Bob and Brian show. And I'm just there just cruising along. Those guys are the twin Evan Rude 150s. Brrrr. And I'm like, yay, and I'm waving everybody. Hooray. Weather was perfect. Weather was fantastic. Got hooked up for golf multiple places. Jim Lombardo at Aaron Hills. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Ding, ding. Uh, Of course, thank you to Dave Bachman Jr., owner of the Bull, for hosting the Bloody Horns. Ding, ding. Uh, We had co-champs this year uh, because we ran out of daylight for a playoff. Three extra playoff holes. Alternate shot, which ought to provide a winner right away. 
but didn't because these guys are really good. And then all four balls in the dark, four pars, one of the most amazing things I've seen in golf ever. And so two teams of former champs, the two-time defending champs, Wetstein and Keela, tied with uh, the former champs, also two-time champs from a couple years back, uh, Schwalbach and Balistreri. Great guys. You couldn't get two more different winning teams because, as you'll see in the photos that I'll post to uh, Zabe.com and BloodyHorns.com, you know, Schwalbach and Balistreri, they're, they're like the odd couple. They're, they're like two knuckleheads, but they're really good at golf. Brian Balistreri is a professional. He's a PGA pro, club pro in the Milwaukee area. And RJ is just a good amateur player who's got a regular job and is, you know, plays golf when he can, competes when he can, and hits the ball a ton despite being five foot whatever and, you know, 140 pounds. Keela and Wetstein, you know, those guys, uh, at least Gene, he's still on track to try to make one of the tours. He's a phenomenal player, absolutely murders the ball, very polished, very good player. And and uh, Tom Wetstein, his partner, is also a good player, lefty, sneaky long lefty, moves it left to right, a little bit less polished of a swing, but really good together. And yeah, they're the co-champs. So I'm going to bring both guys, both teams, four guys with me to Vegas in March for Zabe Vegas 2019. And yes, I'm going to have Zabe Vegas. I promise. An organized official. Yes, you can come on out. Join me for a watch party in Vegas. I know we talked about, ah, you know what, I'd like to go out in October for football season. Let's move Zabe Vegas to October. And then as I got to thinking about it, I'm like, but then I'd be surrendering the perch and the surrendering the hill that I have won hard fought in March to go to Vegas. And really Vegas pulls me through the winter to think like, okay, January sucks. At least there's football. February. All right. The Super Bowl's over. God, the weather still sucks. Oh, we can just get to March. Okay, we're in March. Great. Couple weeks, we'll be going to Vegas. Life is good. Da, 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 da. So we'll do Zabe Vegas, and both those guys will come with me to play. So we've got, you know, four more guys to play golf with. And the problem is going to be where we're going to play because, as I understand it, Bally High Golf Club, right there on the end of the strip, right past Mandalay Bay, that's, according to everything I've heard, being plowed under. For parking, which totally sucks because it has been our home for the Hope for Lamar Invitational these last four years. And it is a great golf course in great condition, built out of nothing but otherwise flat desert land. And we have been able to get a good rate, very good rate for it at early morning times on that Thursday and Friday of the Sweet 16. And if that thing, I want to think about it. We'll have to play somewhere else. I mean, there are other courses in Vegas, but there's none that affordable that close on the Strip. There just isn't. And so, thanks a lot uh, there, uh, you know, Davis. Not Al Davis, but his dopey kid. Oh, you're my dopey kid with a haircut. Yeah, well, he's got a billion-dollar stadium going up, so who's the dope? Mark Davis. That's who it is. Okay. That'll do it for Wisconsin. Thank you for indulging me. On with sports in a second. Jay Cottrell will join us to talk sports. Uh, One of the things I'm going to ask him about is what he thinks of LeBron James and his new elementary school. LeBron James Elementary, promise elementary, promise something, whatever. It's 
an amazing story in which LeBron James has taken a public school and created sort of a, a charter system within that public school for disadvantaged youths in which they would get free free education, free transportation, free meals. Their parents would get job training to help them get a leg up in life. And ultimately, you would also get, if you're part of this charter program, nestled within the Akron County School or public school system, you would get the promise of college scholarship if you graduate from this elementary school. It is literally the real-life version of Scott's Tots from the office, except, well, there's going to be money from the LeBron James Foundation to actually send the kids to college, unlike the plot line in the office. I think the kids also get uh, a bicycle and a helmet, which is amazing. And all of this is great. Now, they're going to start with 240 kids in this program. They're going to hopefully get it up to about 1,000 in the next three or four years. And I'm telling you, there it is great, great, great with an asterisk. And the only asterisk, how dare you say that? The only asterisk is, I don't understand, you know, I worry about what happens when. Who's going to sustain it if? What are the other unintended consequences that could come of this because it's such a good deal and yet it can only help a thousand kids in any given year uh, or I think they were hoping for a thousand kids over the four years what are the numbers there are more disadvantaged kids there are more kids at risk there are more kids in Akron and in other big cities and small cities that could use help in school so how then to those parents and how then to those kids who are like, well, maybe we'll get into the LeBron elementary school and you fill out the paperwork and you apply and you're waiting and you're waiting. And then it's like, no, you're not in, you're not in, you get no free bike, no helmet, no free rides, no free meals, no free scholarship afterwards. You get nothing. Good day, sir. How would that feel? And I know I'm usually not one that cares about people's feelings, but It just seems almost cruel in a way. The other thing that you always have to consider is that you're taking, LeBron James is doing something undeniably good. And for that, I applaud, everyone should applaud. But what he is kind of doing is he is tugging at a wrinkle in the fabric of a sort of an ongoing endemic economic situation that is not, going very well in Akron, Ohio, or in other distressed Rust Belt cities. There's a reason why the schools are failing. There's a reason why there's not enough money for nice things. There's a reason why it's hard to teach kids who want to learn in disruptive environments where maybe there's a lot of kids that don't have two parents at home. And so while LeBron James is helping as much as he can by tugging the fabric with his incredible wealth, and generosity and wonder in the positive direction, he's still just sort of pulling on the tablecloth. I'm not sure, well, I know it won't make it all go away. At least it is something. Like, you can't criticize it because at least it's something. I just wonder, how is it going to actually work? How is it going to actually play? And if he inspires more athletes with the same kind of wealth, to do similar things in their communities from where they grew up, that is great too.
But sometimes the unintended consequences you got to worry about. I remember reading a story once about how there's a bunch of people that a bunch of people. There's charitable organizations that like to go places in which poor people, I mean like really poor people in sub-Saharan Africa don't have water. And so they go with equipment and technology and know-how and they dig wells. They dig wells that can reach groundwater so that the the village can have clean water to drink. And that is a great thing, right? Of course it is. Except the story I read said that it has to be done in a very careful manner because a lot of times what happens is that these organizations go and they build a well and there's clean water to drink. And as soon as that organization leaves, guess who shows up? Bad guys with guns. And they say, hey, nice well. We'll take it from here. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, the, 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 this is our well. Oh, yeah, it is? Bang. Anyone else have any questions of whose well this is? And it can also create misery because it's an attractive thing for those in power in a dysfunctional society to go, oh, great, we'll take that now. Just something to think about, but good for LeBron James. Looks like a hell of a school. I bet they're going to have great uniforms for their sports teams. No question about it. Interesting realtor story from gizmodo.com about how a realtor in the South saw her reputation destroyed and her earnings as a realtor drop almost 50% because of a completely fabricated fabricated Facebook story about this woman allegedly sleeping with homeowners selling and listing their homes. It went to a site, uh, it was first put out on Facebook, and it was and it was then picked up by a site called She'sAHomeRecord.com. There's another website that was quoted in the article, uh, oh yeah, like DirtyBiz.com. And basically this woman's reputation got trashed because of a completely fabricated story from somebody who had a Facebook account that was not really the person they claimed to be on Facebook. It all originated from a flame war about a teenager who went to Auschwitz, the concentration camps. and I don't know why I had to explain that. A teenager who went to Auschwitz and took a selfie, smiling. And so a, a news story said, well, a teenager seen photographed uh, with a selfie, smiling selfie at Auschwitz. How do you feel about this? Share your comments below. That's the problem. Everybody share their comments. Sure enough, this uh, woman's comments, this realtor's comments, got on the wrong side of another woman's comments about whether or not that this teenager should be forgiven or understood because they're just teenagers, they're stupid, they don't understand. And the other woman got so bent out of shape by this exchange, by this back and forth, by this flame war, this troll job about a stupid selfie from some teenage girl neither one of them knew, that the aggrieved one decided she was going to ruin the realtor and her reputation, was going to try to burn her life to the ground. And so concocted a story, lured details about having sex with clients on the floor of open houses that she was listing, and yada, yada, yada. 
Well, fast forward $100,000 in legal fees later, and after suing and suing and suing to get the ISPs to reveal uh, IP addresses and to find out who was behind all of this, they actually found out who the woman was. Of course, the woman that did this to the realtor, and she did it just because she was pissed off, she has no assets. She used to be a meth addict who has been pretty much down and out and living paycheck to paycheck for quite some time. So even suing her into oblivion is not really going to bring this realtor back any of the income she has lost or the reputation that she has relinquished all because of a back and forth on Facebook. How many people do you know that are that way, that get into these things on social media? And how chilling a story is that to think, yeah, I wonder who's on the other end of this, and I wonder what lengths they might take it. You combine that with the baseball players and their Twitter accounts these days, yeah, makes you wonder why we're on any of this shit. And yes, I'm on Facebook. I rarely check it. Every now, every I always think when these stories come up, I'm like, just get off. Who cares? Why do you need to be there if you're not there? And there's a couple of people just I need to kind of keep in touch with. That's about it, but otherwise, no. And then uh, Twitter, you know, that's a professional thing. Uh, I feel like I've collected 50,000, uh, excuse me, 49,600 followers. I lost about 6,000 after the 6,000. No, I lost about 2,000 in the latest Twitter purge. And it probably won't be the last Twitter purge. Who knows? They may cut my followers in half. How many of my followers are really real people? I have no idea. How many of my followers actually watch or listen or read to shit I put on Twitter? I don't know. I try to make Twitter work for me, number one. And number two, I try to make it light, excuse me, and funny, and just informational. Sort of like a, hey, by the way, here you go. And you can reach out to me on Twitter. And if you're going to be an abusive dick, then maybe I will mute you. I will never, and I have never blocked anybody. But, oh, I've muted some people. Oh, yeah. That is the best. Click. I can't hear. What? I can't. I can't. What? (laughs) I've muted you. You have no stay. You have no power over me. I can't. I literally cannot hear you. All right, let's check in with our man, Notorious J-A-Y. Last we checked in, he was going on a family get-together cruise. Oh, I bet it went just super. How was the big family get-together cruise, Jay? Our listeners are dying to know. Okay, I, I did downplay how much I like my family. My family is awesome. Oh, sounds but, like but someone's family heard the podcast. But when you're with them, <laughs> yeah, for a, a full not not a week, we were together for eleven days. Oh, that's the, a lot the, of closeness. But you're on a ship. You're on a boat. You're on a cruise. Yeah, and it was. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff to do on on a cruise ship. That's one thing. Right. Get the fuck away from your family would be one. Right, right. So I went in going, all right, how am I going to get away from these people? But these it, was, people. it was. What do you mean by these people? Oh, I feel like I'm Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> what do you mean these people? What do you mean these people? Okay. No, it was great. It was great. Would I, would I do it again? 
with that many family members? No. Really? The, no, no, there's no way. Okay. Was there any drama? Any fights? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Well, then why wouldn't you do it again? Because I like to do my own thing. And, you know, it was like, we all have to do this. Uh, We all have have to eat together. I'm like, this is a vacation. If I want to sleep. Yeah, right, right. What am I, cell block C? Got to eat together at the commissary. I don't want to eat the commissary. A lot of nice places like Turks and Caicos, by the way. I got to go there. Ooh, okay. You got to go there. So wait, so where Lewis, did where did the boat stop? List them uh, off. So it went, went off from Miami. It was uh, Saint. I'm going to miss a couple places: Bahamas, Saint Lucia, Turks and Caicos. Oh God, there was another couple little places that we went to. That they like you would go and you would stop these places for like six hours and you get back. Yeah. Then you go to the next place six hours. Go. So it was a lot of you know stopping and starting, but. The cruise. By the way, here's something that I don't people know. You can gain like 80 pounds on a cruise. <laughs> Duh. You, 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 think, wait, you think you're breaking news with that one? Of okay. course you can. You're, all you're doing is eating and sitting on a ship. If you want to get up at 4:30 and go, I would like to go check check out the chocolate bar. You can do that. <laughs> or if you want a steak at 2:27 in the morning, you can you do can get that. one. Exactly. Yeah. It is freaking ridiculous. Wow. Oh. Here. Mean, but that was, that okay. was my, and they have casino on the ship. I, it, yeah, Jay. So this was your first cruise, obviously. This is my first cruise. Yes. Okay, yeah. So so forgive dear uh, dear listeners, forgive Jay for his uh, naivete. It's his first cruise. He didn't know I that know, they I have know. food and that there's shuffleboard and that there's a casino and there's drinking and there's hooking up and there's rogue waves and there's viruses and there's clogged toilets and there's pirates. A lot of things can go bad on a cruise, by the way. You fall overboard. I did look out that we were going to get taken over by some banditos. Yeah. I did kind of keep an eye on that one. Yeah. All right. So let me see here. Uh, the, I'm looking at the map here. The Bahamas, Turks and Caicos. Say that again. Uh the Bahamas, Turks and Caicos, Dominican Republic. Oh, I'm losing you. Sorry, hold on. It'll, it'll come back in here. This is a weird quirk. When my phone is plugged in, it comes and goes for about 10 seconds. Can you hear me now? I got you, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, I lost you for a second. That's the last it's going to go out. Uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, Anguilla, St. Martin, Barbuda, Antigua, Montserrat, St. Kitts, Nevis, Guadalupe. Kitts. There you go. St. Kitts. Thank you. Thank you. That was another. My uh, my cousin went. He did the thing with um, like a jetpack, and you go up in the air. Oh right, with the hose attached to it. Yeah, yeah. I would. I wanted none of that, but it was cool seeing him do that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It was. It was a lot of fun. Did I you mean, go, did you go as far as St. Lucia, Barbados, St. Vincent, Granada. St. Lucia, St. Lucia, not the Bahamas. St. Lucia, St. Kitts, Turk and Caicos, and that was. It. Did you go to Aruba? Did not go to Aruba. Curacao. Did not go to Aruba. Bon no, did not go to. Okay. Yeah, I, if we didn't have the Curacao, I would look for a shortstop for the Orioles. Hey-oh! <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. I guess you didn't didn't, didn't go all the way down to Guyana. <laughs> no, we did not okay. go to Guyana. Good. Good. All right, well, fantastic. Glad to hear it. All right, so here we are. Let's hear your take on the Orioles selling away pretty much the entire damn team. Was had it to do it? Had, had to, to do, do it, it, right? Had, had to, to do, do it. it. Yeah, I, and and I wanted more. I would have traded uh, Dylan uh, Dylan Bundy. I'd have traded him. Okay, 
I, I mean, Adam Jones, I like Adam Jones. I'm not saying Adam Jones and I are friends, but Adam Jones and I have talked before. We have exchanged numbers. So I, he's someone I know, and I was hoping that he could go somewhere and get a ring, but he turned down his no trade. So he wants to be a free agent, but I don't know who's going to get Adam Jones big money next year. That, I don't know if that was a smart move on him. He's like 31 or 30. Yeah, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I didn't expect that one, but uh, the Kevin Gosman I was happy about. Jonathan Scope, I mean, the guy. They, these players are, are more valuable to trade now because they're under control for like two or three more years. So you can get more for them than you could for, yeah. you know, you know, you're not going to get anything for Chris Davis or Mark Trumbo, but no, uh, yeah. Well, like the, you know, the, yeah, the Nats should trade. Oh, fuck Bryce yes. Harper, but they're not going to do it. Well, it's done already. The trade deadline came and went. See, that's what I mean, happens. But they, they, now they that you're out of, now that you're out of sports, you're into politics, Jay. You didn't know the trade deadline came and went, and it's you can, over. You can, you can still, still trade them. You, you can right. still trade someone. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad on that. Get the post waiver wire deadline. We'll see. No, the Nats they stood they stood pat. They stood pat even though they're five and a half games back in the National League East. And they didn't sell and they didn't buy. Their only move was inexplicable. It was like out of nowhere. They sent uh, Kinsler to the Cubs yeah, for a minor leaguer. Odd. Yeah, that was a little odd. That ten, one was a little odd. Ten teams in the NL started the day with a better record than that. Of those ten teams, nine of them added someone or multiple someones uh and let, the nationals stood pat at five and a half games back go figure let me ask you this a year from being removed from the dusty baker experience are you happy or would you have rather kept dusty are you happy with dave martinez or would you have rather I, kept dusty i uh i was okay with them getting rid of dusty because dusty fucked the playoffs up and Dusty has fucked playoffs up in multiple cities now. He is the Marty Schottenheimer of baseball <laughs> managers. And yes, that is a compliment because Marty was a fine, fine coach. But when it came down to it, big game spots, big leverage moments, he didn't have the right stuff. Dusty was the same way. Dusty made five or six absolute what-are-you-doing mistakes in the Game 5 loser to the Dodgers last year. Now, that said, there's a lot to be said for guiding a team to 96 wins. And Davey Martinez is in over his fucking head. You know, bringing Some... camels in before the season. And he, he's this little Joe Madden clone, Jay. I'm glad you said that. Someone said the best thing. He said, just because you sit next to Joe Madden does not make you Joe Madden. Oh, by the way, this is uh, this this uh, Zabecast is going to air on Wednesday morning, and I just had to look up the score. This is unbelievable. The Nats are beating the Mets tonight, twenty-five to four. Yeah, they batted around in the first inning. Yeah, four. What is the modern record for most uh, runs still, scored in a game? Held, uh, it's still held by the. Texas Rangers, they beat the Orioles. God, I want to say it was 30 to 3 or 30 to something. It was 30 to something, right? Yeah. I want to say it's still Texas over the Orioles. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> Look at this box score right now. <laughs> so funny. It, 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 and, and, you know what? Like... and you know what? The Mets 
hung on to DeGrom thinking, nah, we're good. We we're good. We're, we got to have somebody to build around for next year. <laughs> 25 to four top nine. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 If you'd asked me four years ago, what team would is set up to be dominant? I would have said the New York Mets because Syndergaard, DeGrom, Mets, yeah. and and uh, the Black Knight. Uh, what's his name? They, oh, the, yeah. Uh, uh, Harvey, Harvey. Harvey. Gone now. Cincinnati. Oh, yes. They had a pitching staff that looked like they were going to be dominant, like like the Braves of the late 80s, early 90s, or mid-90s. Right. And now it's all gone. 25 to 4. Holy shit, that's funny. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Well, do you have any confidence in this Orioles front office? To engineer um, a deft rebuild with the assets they've now gained. Well, I keep saying there's one. I talked to someone who is close to the Angelo's son. Or no, he know. I'm sorry. He knows the Angelo's son very well. So he kind of gives you some insight. If, from what I hear, Peter is declining in health. And he's basically turned over everything to his son. Now, his son seems to like the... Sabermetrics using international signing to build mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. But, but, there's big but. Brady Anderson somehow has weaseled his way into making, making decisions. He, like, signed a couple people this year. Right. Brady Anderson. I don't trust Brady Anderson as far as I can throw him. And yeah. if he somehow weasels in charge, I am not then going to have to jump ship because I don't want Brady Anderson making any decisions whatsoever. All right. Talk some football, shall we? Oh, what's that? What you want? What's football? <laughs> I'm being funny. <laughs> I know. I, 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 could, I could hear uh, a lot of feet shuffling out of the podcast room as we were getting nerdy about baseball. I mean, you're big into baseball. I'm kind of into baseball. You know me. Uh, I'm good. Enough. I know just enough to be dangerous, basically. But you're super <laughs> into it. And we're talking yes. about the Orioles that nobody really cares about. You know. So that's true. All right. Okay. So let's let's talk some football. Uh, what what do you think of uh, Le'Veon Bell? Do we talk about your boy Le'Veon uh, recently? Get a little sick of him. Get a little sick of him. Because I, I mean, because number one, you I, this is the this is the world you live in, Le'Veon. You're you're under this contract, and your next contract was going to be your big one, but you shuffled your feet and tried to you tried to strong arm a team that refuses to be strong. No one has ever strong armed the Steelers into doing anything. Right. They're not one of those franchises. And but I he think can't they, just leave them though, because they keep franchising them. And that's they're right. I, but I, I know. he wants to be paid like a wide receiver slash running back. And it's right. just not going to happen. Did you see the deal the Vikings just gave to Stefan Diggs? And that screwed everybody up. And 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 the deal that um, San Diego gave um, – not San Diego. Uh, who, who was the run, – a running back just got a lot of money. Well, oh, what, what, who was it? David Johnson? No. He didn't God. get money. No, God. A running no. back got money besides. A running back just recently got money. Really? And kind of screwed oh, it. Okay. Todd Gurley? Todd Gurley, yeah. yes. That, Todd, that Todd, kind of... Todd, 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 Todd. That kind of screwed everything up. But, I mean, the Steelers have gotten the best years that Le'Veon Bell is ever going to have. I know. I'm okay with it. Don't Move you on. think, though, don't you think, though, that if somebody could buy Le'Veon Bell for next year and somebody could buy Stefan Diggs? For next year, the price for Le'Veon Bell would be forty percent higher than Stephon. Oh, without Diggs. a doubt, without a doubt, without right? A because doubt. he's a more valuable guy, and yet right. some guys get paid 
and some guys don't, and it must infuriate the shit out of a lot of NFL players. Like Le'Veon Bell is really pissed that Todd Gurley and Stephon, uh, Stephon Diggs got money. I, they know he's pissed. And it's all timing, too. I, I, but it's what, timing, what and it's, it's timing, and do you have a team that's just feeling splurgy at the but, moment, you know? But, but Le'Veon Bell has gotten $27 million over the last two years. That's no chump change. Yeah, but it's not like crazy, stupid, you know. It's not like it's not like the insane money in the NBA or in baseball. And truth be told, every football player out there as a kid learned to love baseball or learned to shoot a jumper. Because you know what? Those are better sports to make a ton of money. Or play tennis. Uh, really? Tennis players make a lot of money. I don't know, man. It's not I'm guaranteed. Different. You're not under contract. What's the easiest money in sports? NBA or MLB? Oh. MLB, if you're a, a reliever, you get big money now. I disagree because it's hard to get to the majors and to get paid. And in baseball, there's arbitration. You have to fight your way through for the first, what, four years of your career? If you're in, the NBA, in the NBA, if you're 6'11 and have good measurables and score 30 a game in high school, boom. Guaranteed contract worth $50 million. Only, right 12, yeah, only 12 spots on a roster. Yeah, now. That's true. Uh, I'd take being a left-handed uh, guy who throws 96. I'll pitch one. I'll pitch five innings a week, and I'm good. I'll take my 15 million and be happy. You want to be a loogie, a left-handed one-out guy? Oh God, love, I, I love I, that acronym, loogie. Killed, I'd kill to be that. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, what about well, you're up there in Baltimore? How's the Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson thing going on? I uh, I was uh, I'm not I'm not dropping. I was texting with the Ravens beat reporter. We were because we had we made a bet because uh, next week is the um, Hall of Fame game. Yeah, and we made a bet for, it's for this dinner. week. As a matter of fact, um, this yeah. week I'm sorry on how long the Ray Lewis speech would be. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I took the over. He took the under. Whoever wins, okay. pays for dinner. And what but, is the over under on Ray Lewis's? There's evil in the world, Sal. There's evil. How long is that speech going to go? I said it's over over 15 minutes. Easy. Easy. Really? Easy. Oh, God, easy. He will preach. He will talk about where he came from. He will talk about, you know, not having a dad. He'll talk about his mom. It'll be at least 27 minutes. I can see it going 27 minutes. Is it possible that it'll be good? Uh, not to me, because <laughs> not to I don't me. Like, I, not, I don't. I don't like anything out of Raymond Lewis's mouth. It'll be a big sermon. Do you remember uh, just how blowhardy Chris Berman's Hall of Fame induction speech was? He got in as one of the like media member honorees, and it was literally like twenty six minutes. It was. Oh. An, it was a Fidel Castro like <laughs> stem winder. <laughs> I think other third world dictators are like, geez, man, give it a rest, will ya? <laughs> so, you? You know those. You know every year they have those those uh, awards awards in North Carolina, I believe, for sports writers. How have you not won one? By the way, I'm not a sports writer. That's why. I mean, well, they I've have, won they nothing. Have, I'm in no Hall of Fames. How about but them? They have happens? it for for broadcasters. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. A friend of mine met. He he won. He was like the Baltimore. TV guy, and he met Berman. He goes, God, he was really nice. <laughs> I, like, I know. No, nice he to... is. Berman is really nice. That has been his great insulator from people totally ripping him because otherwise he's a hack. He's terrible. 
He's not good at broadcasting, but he found a way to fake it to fame and a long, long career. Wait a minute. How are you not in any – wait a minute. Your high school. What high school did you go to? Langley, Langley right? High School. How are you not in the Langley High School HOF? How are you not that's, HOF? That's a great question. And you know what I should do almost on a lark, almost as a bit? I should write a letter to the high school saying basically, hello, uh, knock, knock. How come I'm not in your Hall of Fame? I'm available on these dates. And then just and, and, mail them an entire cat calendar and just circle every month. Open, 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 open. And it'll, mean, be, it'll be like, you ever remember the book Letters from a Nut? I did. You gave you. Gave I gave you that. I read it on vacation. It's still one of the funniest things ever. Ted L. Nancy. Yes. For, yes. For those that don't know, Jerry Seinfeld years ago wrote a book called Letters from a Nut. There was a sequel to it as well. His pen name was Ted L. Nancy. Right? Ted Nancy. No, Ted L. Nancy. Yeah. You were exactly Ted correct. L. Nancy, and he would write corporations with the most insane but sincere letters you have ever read. And he would get responses on their corporate letterhead, and he would print the responses. And almost always, they were trying to be as accommodating as possible, even though they were they were corresponding with a crazy person. <laughs> that was some. I remember reading that. I, it was like Ocean City for like three days, That's funny. and I would be giggling on the beach, like, "What are you giving at?" I can't. I can't explain it. My my favorite. <laughs> my favorite was he wrote to like a Holiday Inn and said. Can I bring my own ice maker to my room? <laughs> he said he promised it would not leak and that he just preferred to have ice close to him at all times while staying at the Holiday Inn. Said he would only need like a little bit of assistance getting it up the stairs. Well, they wrote back to him saying, Sir, don't worry, we have ice machines. <laughs> And they're just a few steps down the hall. If you want, we'll try to put you. <laughs> he wants to bring his own ice machine, and they responded. Okay. By the way, I know you. I know you're not a Netflix guy, but I uh, am a but, Netflix guy. Don't, okay. don't say I'm not well, a Netflix guy. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Well, the comedians in Cars. He has the guy who he wrote letters from a nut with on one oh, of his episodes. Who's that? Yeah, it's, I can't remember. The, it's a guy we I've never heard of, but it was the guy who he wrote, who is Ted L. Nancy. Okay. And it's it's really good. It's All really right. funny. Uh, I have watched a good number of episodes of that show, Co- Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, for only one reason. I once downloaded whatever was downloadable on Netflix for a flight I took, because not every title is actually downloadable on Netflix. Some you have to have you know live connection all the time. But that show was downloadable, right? So I downloaded a bunch of episodes. They are beautifully shot. They have great surrounding environments, whether it's a coffee shop in L.A. or some coastal seaside town they're going to, uh, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, the, the imagery is great, but it's, it's very, you know what, Jay? It's very, it's very light on actual conversation with the guest, I found. Did you find he that? Had, he had a couple that, like he had one with Steve Martin that was really good because the car broke down. And they were on the side of the road uh, okay. waiting for the new. There was one. Uh, Steve Martin was really good. The Dave Chappelle one is pretty good. Uh, the Tracy I mean, Morgan. They're all well they're, done. No, they're no, all well right. done. I'm just saying I want more. And, and, Jerry, and Jerry, he'll just sort of chit chat and he'll 
nibble at the edges of whatever the comedian did that made him great or make a joke himself. I want like a full-blown interrogation. How'd you start? Did you ever think you couldn't do it? Why do you do this? Who is your, like, and I guess that's just not the style of that show. But it's obviously doing well enough that, you know, they've written, you know, he's got a, what, he's got a sponsor for it? Is it, it like, oh, it's, uh, is it Audi Ac- or? It, Audi it, it, or some, Acura or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Acura, Acura, yeah. Speaking of Netflix, have you watched, have you ever watched uh, the the show about the junior college football teams? No, what's it called? <sighs> Oh God! Last Chance University. Last Chance, you, you know, but I've heard of it. You have to, and I hear you it's great. I hear it's great. I hear it's great. That's, that, that's meant for you. I it is meant great. for you. I hear it's great. Uh, yeah, you have to watch it. Uh, by the way, uh, by the way, it has gone final tonight uh, at Nats Park. Nationals twenty-five, Mets four. That's, that's so great. If you're a Mets fan, you're just killing yourself. Uh, yes. And for my Nats, they feel good for one night and they go, great. We're now 53 and 53. We're a 500 club. At least we're not 44 and 60 like the New York Metropolitans. All right. Before we get to F that guy, you wanted to talk about the tweets that keep coming up with athletes. And the two latest to get ensnared are the guy from Atlanta and Trey Turner of the Nationals. I want to know, I I have not heard your stance on this. I want, I want to know. Okay. Here's the thing. I haven't even read Trey Turner's tweets. I'm sure they contain things that are a new, new, new. No go, no how, no way. I don't know how bad they are per se. Every one of these situations, Jay, always involves the person quoting a movie or quoting a TV show or quoting a a rap lyric. Now, to me, that's... That's a weird situation because it's like, well, you can't quote that rap lyric even though it's being used to make a lot of money for the artist. And even if you're a fan, you can't quote that. That always struck me as a little bit weird. I know you're not, you're really not allowed to say certain words, but at the same time, that is a little bit dicey. The other stuff, it's, you know, it's just amazing to me that any kid who has aspirations to be a pro athlete doesn't think, why am I on this shit? And it's amazing to me that teams and agents and the players themselves don't say, oh, I made it to the major leagues. Guess what I don't need now? A Twitter account. Click. Goodbye. What I, what I got angry was, what I got angry at was the, oh, they're only blank, blank, blank. That's not an excuse to you. No, no. Because the guy from Milwaukee. Hater. Josh Josh Hater. Josh Hater grew up, I want to say, Zabe, nine minutes from me. He went to Old Mill High School. Did he? Yes. Josh Hater has known black people his entire life. He went to school with a lot of black people. And for him not to know that I can't say this on social media is no excuse. There's sometimes it's just no excuse. But he was and, he was supported by all his teammates, including the black players. And as you <laughs> reference, he seemingly got along just fine. So what is he? Is he clueless I'm, and insensitive, or is he really a racist? No, he's not, he's just clueless and okay. insensitive. But but don't hide behind the. I know. I was only like I was only 17. Right. There there was a girl. There's a girl who writes for some Ravens. Baltimore Ravens block. Her name is Lindsay. Okay. And I'm giving her way too much time, Lindsay but she, but, okay. 
Lindsay OK. Look her, on Twitter. Her last her cute. last name is OK. That's her. That's her handle. That's her handle. Lindsay OK. And she had a she put uh, she said this was like in 2010 or 11 or 12. NFL stands for. Oh, and word and word for life. Oh, and somebody brought that up and she hid behind the I was only 19 or something yeah, like, no, sweetie, yeah, yeah. no, sweetie, you can't do that. No, Stop <sighs> just just come. I just want someone to say that was pretty stupid. What I did. That was dumb. It is. But and you got to You got to recognize the line is changing, though, all the time. And that certain things that used to be above ground are now underwater acceptably in, in social circles. Like, for example, one of the. I thought funny lines in the movie Hangover was when Bradley Cooper pulls up to pick up uh, the Nard Dog and says, Dr. Bleep, paging Dr. Bleep, <laughs> just to bust his balls and to kind of bully him. You're laughing right now thinking of it. Could you, make, no, a, could you, make, Those... could you make a movie now with that in it? You could not make the Hangover. Could you make, you could not could make, you make... Super Bad? Super bad could not get made. All right, how about uh, how about forty year old virgin? No, where it, where, it they, where, they, where 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 a young Kevin Hart was arguing <laughs> with I uh, forget who the other black uh, actor was in the uh, electronic store talking about whose end just no. showed up. Oh, no. yeah, now you got a right here. It just got real. <laughs> and the and the Indian manager goes, "Hey, well, forecast is dark and cloudy with a chance of drive by." <laughs> that's one of the three times i've laughed at kevin hart that scene was funny <laughs> i'm sorry i've laughed at kevin hart so but you I mean, wonder so you wonder as things change all the time but no and do you think the penalty do you think major league baseball should be in the suspending business over tweets no you, you okay I, I thought josh Hader going to sensitivity training was just idiotic and stupid well they, they gotta do something what are they going to make them? What are they going to watch Roots for on a loop for eight hours? And okay, you're good. I mean, come on, watch, watch. You know, uh, twelve years of slave, and look at. I understand now. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's slavery. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, I that's mean, bad. I, sorry, I just... sorry, sorry about that. All right, you ready to play FTG? Because I know you got somebody for the week. I got a good one for you, by the way. Oh, I do, and I got one from uh, episode you did with Charge. Oh, my, my, really? Yes. Interesting. Well, yes. hold that thought, Jay, because you're not going to hear the music, but without... Oh, hold on. i got to plug it in. Don't worry. We'll take this out in post-production, everybody. It's a smooth-running podcast. Uh, Jay, uh, promote your upcoming tour while I reach around and plug this cable in. <laughs> my upcoming tour of doing nothing until uh, September 4th. Tell I will be in my... Up, uh, I will be uh, running an office for a Maryland delegate. Fantastic. I will be the, the spokesperson. Yes. And and have you scrubbed your tweets just you to know be what? safe? I was I was talking with our friend Mark Stern from Tony Corners asking how to do that, and I was like, I don't think I have anything, but just in case, I got to do that. Okay. Now, without further ado, here we go with fuck that guy. Stand by, Jay. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay, who is your FTG for the week? So I heard uh, your episode with Charch, and Charch brought up that there is a, a, a Reddit 
for Zabe dot for uh, the Zabe Zabe podcast. Yes, there's Zabecast yes. subreddit. Yes. I haven't yes, been there in a while, but it exists. I didn't even know there was something like this, and, and Charch was 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 uh, beaming because he's the number one guest. And I was, I said, let me go look at this. And of course, <laughs> people are taking their shots. And I was like, fuck the guy who did this. Nobody cares. None of the, none of the people who do this podcast give two rats asses what you think. So to the, to the guy who who made this Reddit post, <laughs> f you guy. Nobody, none of us care. Yeah, but you care, care. You care enough I, that it's stuck in your crawl. It didn't stick in my crawl. I'm yeah, like, I don't care. Kind of. <laughs> Drew doesn't care. Bob and Brian don't care. Charge doesn't care. <laughs> Mr. X doesn't care. Andy doesn't care. Nobody cares. Okay. Nobody cares. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm at the subreddit right now. Uh, go to reddit.com slash r slash Zabecast, and there it is. So there's one. Do you have another one? Or is that it? That was it. That okay. was it. That was All the right, only thing that, that, that I was like, ah, that's that guy. All right. My FTG. Goes to a guy you may know or may not know as one Richard Dominic Incognito Jr. Richie! That's right! Guess what Richie Cognito wants, Incognito wants to be once he's done playing football? MMA fighter. Politics. <laughs> he's the 35-year-old Pro Bowl lineman joined the guys on TMZ Sports and said, I'm all about the land of opportunity. I'm about enriching everybody in America. And, you know, hopefully one day run for public office. I see myself as a public servant now. Now that I'm done playing, I love it. I want to be a politician. Are you kidding me? Hey, Richie Incognito, fuck you and fuck that guy. (laughs) Douchebag this guy is. Yeah, I'll vote for you. You roided oh, up, my bully. goodness. Yeah. All right, Jay, <laughs> for uh, those that do want to follow you on Twitter for your perfectly safe tweets, they can do it at jcontrol34 on Twitter. Yes. Yes, sir. And send your congratulations to Jay about his new job out of the sports realm into the political realm. You'll to still never be a sports go back fan, to sports ever again, by the way. But you'll still, never going back. But you'll still do the save cast because you seriously are one of my favorites. <laughs> Thank you. I know. <laughs> And go on another cruise with your family, all right? Your family loves you, and they had a wonderful time. They're like, oh, Jay, you've grown so much. You just look so good these days. <laughs> I got to go. I gotta send you a picture of the shirt. I got to do that. Okay. The T-shirt. Only with you wearing it, though. That's not going to happen. Come on! That's not going to happen. All right, Jay. Good to talk to you, buddy. See Thanks, you next Jay. week. Bye-bye. We'll end with this today. Incredible, wonderful, glorious news that Deadwood is coming back in 2019. A movie is going to be made to finish up and to tie up the loose ends in Deadwood. Did I talk about this already? You know, it's been so long since my last podcast. Maybe I did. If I did, I apologize. But yeah, finally, David Milch is on board. Uh, the director and uh, creator of Deadwood, and uh, ten years, twelve years, twelve years after the last episode, they have greenlit a movie of about three hours in length to just finish the basic story of that town, and it it could be glorious. Now, unfortunately, Powers Booth, aka Cy Tolliver, is no longer with us. 
Uh, but we'll, they'll work around that, I'm sure. There's a way, uh, several ways to write them out of the script, although we'd like to see how they do it. Maybe they can get a stunt double and have Cy Tolliver die in some horrible, revenge-driven way because you knew that if you watched the show, he pissed a lot of people off. But God, he was such a good character. So I'm looking forward to that as it is, it's finally on. For years, it had been rumored, oh, no, they're going to do it. Oh, yeah, no, it, it might. De-. And then it just never happened and never happened. And, never, and most of us who are Deadwood fanatics had, had given up on it Had said, well, as unfortunate as it is, I'm still glad they had three glorious seasons. And I will go back on DVD and Blu-ray and enjoy them and take notes and watch all the extras and at least know that I had that. So there's that. And then one more thing. It's back. Ronnie Mervis is leading another expedition to South Africa this winter, and he is once again trusting me to be your ringleader. Yes, I know. Last year was my once-in-a-lifetime, air quotes, once-in-a-lifetime trip to go on safari in South Africa, and now it's coming around on the very next year. Ronnie was so pleased with how it went. uh, He said, you know what? we got to do it bigger, better, a little bit longer, although you can shorten it if you really can't get away for that long. It's a 12-day excursion. Takes a day or so to get down there and back. Day each way, basically. But we're going to three different countries this time, including South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Botswana. Three different game reserves. Three different totally type of three different types of um, safari experiences. And so, because of that, uh, you're going to get a chance to go if you want to sign up for it. It's an incredible deal. I think it's. It includes airfare, and it is probably a twelve thousand to fourteen thousand dollar trip. Which I know who's got fourteen grand just burning a hole in their pocket. But if you're of the age or the ability to travel, I mean, this trip is under seven grand, under seven grand per person to go to South Africa on safari, three different countries, twelve days, and of course, I'll be there with you. So there's that added bonus as well. Airfare is included, plus most meals transportation basically all you pay for is trinkets uh, an occasional dinner or two and maybe a bottle of wine and that's about it for more information email me their website is mervissafaris.com they're just getting the final touches up on it now and uh, come join me if you can it's in mid-february mid-february so after the super bowl like feb 15th to the 26th and there's a second trip that'll involve brian mitchell who is with uh, the Team 980 uh, radio station like myself in D.C., and he will be leading that excursion in late March into April. So similar, same trip both ways, just two different times, two different people leading it. And uh, if you are at that stage where you're like, you know what, we just, things are slowing down, the kids are out of the house now, uh, we got some money to travel, this is a deal you cannot beat. And last year we had several couples, including a family of four from Wisconsin, that joined me on the trip and had a absolutely fantastic time. So we're going back on safari in Africa in February of 2019. So get on it at That will, I swear, finally do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for giving me all this time off three days this week, five days next week, five days the week after that, then I'm going to Scotland and you're going to have to give me more time off, but we will continue to dig into the doldrums of August. Preseason football is starting up, so we'll have more and more to talk about as that goes along. 
And, uh, of course, download, subscribe at all the normal podcast outlets, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.